Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and with me, as always, is Daniel. Daniel? Oh, nice. How's it going? It's good. It's been a busy two weeks. So, sorry to everyone that we didn't have a podcast last week. My work commitments were just a little bit too crazy to try and fit in a podcast. Oh, mine are pretty crazy. We've just reopened our pool. So, it's, yeah, uh, yeah starting lessons up with uh, different procedures. It's all been mad. So, yeah, sorry for everyone for, for not being there for two weeks. Yeah, but on that note... With pools starting to reopen, we are going to discuss this week the state of British swimming. Now, I don't mean your Adam Peaties, your Jimmy Guy, what the Olympic squad's doing. I'm talking about your public swimming and your age group swimmers, your learn to swim stages. How has COVID and pools reopening, how has that affected them? Because we've now had like a month of pools being open. We've had some experience of it. So it's about time we talked about it. How's it going? Yes, well, swimming isn't just the elite side. In fact, actually, the majority of it is the mass participation at the bottom. It's all the fundamental stuff with the lessons and the public swimmers, like you said. And majority of haven't been able to do it at all. So, exactly. Yes. So this is propulsion swimming. This is what we do. We like to talk about all ranges of swimming, not just the elite. Mm-hmm. So to kick things off, there is a very scary figure from British swimming that came out two days ago from recording this podcast. Yes, not good, is it? 25% of all British pools are set to permanently close if they don't get any funding from the government. Yes, this was always the threat. I mean, pools have always been expending money even when like COVID's going on because you still got to keep the pool warm. You still got to have the lightings and all that sort of stuff. So they're still expending money. Yeah, but right now there's obviously limitations to how many people can get exactly. in a pool. So they're not, making, they're not making as much money as they could. Nope, nope. Now... The UK government has helped out the hospitality sector by mm-hmm. doing eat out to help out. Yep. And they funded, what was it, 50% of the meals Monday to Wednesday? I think they gave as, up to £10 off. Yeah. So the majority would be 50%. Yeah. So there is now this this health drive that Boris Johnson's brought in. And I found out that it's because he was he saw himself as overweight when he got ill with covid and he was just like, oh, wow, we need to do something about the obesity crisis yep. because he's obese, mm-hmm. to put it bluntly. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't, well, it's not something that the government have done. They want to do health funding, but why don't they do help out leisure? So 50% off going to a leisure pool, a leisure pool, a swimming pool what? or a leisure center. Why don't they do funding like that instead of encouraging people to eat? I don't, I've not quite grasped that one yet. I mean, they want to do this obesity plan, don't they? And the the main way to get rid of obesity or reduce weight is to go swimming or go to gyms, you know. I mean, you can go walking outside, running outside, but majority of the time you want to be in the gym in a closed area, don't you? Yeah, to, so to focus on it. without any funding or schemes from the government, like this suggestion that we've come up with, yep. there is the possibility that a huge number of these local swimming pools, these community hubs, they're going to disappear. And that is going to be the legacy of COVID for the leisure sector. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, 25%, you know, it's a quarter it's a of all pools in the country. I think it's something like only one in five pools are actually even open right now. Well, we're very lucky because we're based on a school and I, I'm, we get a bit of funding from the government and we've got a new housing estate going across. So we're getting quite a bit of funding from that. So we're very lucky. But the majority, 25%, is vast amount of pools. Yeah. And there was horrible news. Was it two weeks ago now? Mm. something like that, that 
to me the best pool in the country. I know there's the Olympic pool, but the best pool in the country, Ponds Forge in Sheffield. It's the national pool. It's permanently closed, likely until April, April 2021. Yeah, that's tragic, isn't it? Yeah. So Ponds, it? it's, yeah. it's 1,400 athletes that yep. now so can't go there. There's divers who are there. The National Diving Centre's there. Yep, yeah, it is. Um, water polo. Um, swimmers the swimming clubs and there's university swimming yep. clubs there's two big universities in Sheffield that use it and of course all those people that work there have lost their jobs yeah it's and it, it's terrible a, it's a massive part of Sheffield isn't it mm. it's right in the heart of the city centre oh it's very much centre yeah 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 so it, it's a tragic time if I'm honest well what we don't want is it to be you know like the Don Valley Stadium has been demolished yeah. so we don't want it to turn into another one of those sort of so for those of you who don't know what Don Valley is it was well, it was one of the best athletics tracks in the country. In the country, for, yeah. yeah. for like age groupers, yeah. basically. So that's what Ponds Forge is. It's not the Olympic Stadium. It's nothing like that. But as a swimmer growing up, to me, the target every season was to get to race at Ponds Forge. It's, yeah. No, like matter, no matter what competition it was, there was always the level one meets, the big meets there. Yep. There was always the school's finals, yep. which is, that's actually one of my favorite racing experiences was when... At Tommy's, we're a grammar school. We were racing the private schools of Millfield, Kelly College, yeah, Plymouth. Plymouth for there as well, yeah. Somehow, there was a team of four of us in a relay team, and we finished ahead of Kelly College and came 10th in the country. I mean, to me... Pretty good achievement, that exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. So, to me, I was... What was I, like 14 at that age? That was probably one of my best experiences in swimming and one of my biggest achievements. I think if you ask a lot of the top swimmers... Not just top swimmers, but all the like the you know the national swimmers as well of their best moments from swimming. A lot of them would say Ponds Forge. Yeah. So all of the national championships are held at Ponds Forge. They are. Yeah. All of the age group championships, like I said, the big level one meets. Yeah. And that's half the reason that Ponds Forge can't go ahead right now and can't open, because their main source of income isn't all of these clubs. It is competitions. Yes. And on government guidelines, competitions can't go ahead. Well, if you go off from England's advice and guidance, they've said that there's no more competitions this year. And so obviously that, so, main, that main income exactly. isn't so there. There's no reason for them to open or it's very dangerous for them to even open Tom Ponds Forge without that funding and that backing of competitions. Yes. Yeah. So I understand the decision. I have no grudges about the owners of Ponds Forge for doing it. No, no. I mean, it's it's just one of those difficult situations, unfortunately. I think we just need to call for more funding. Yes, well, actually, this support. is where Swim England have responded, actually, in quite a positive way, I find. They've tried to do the Save Leisure campaign, and the, the, for me, they're doing a really good job. Yep, so the Fighting for Pools campaign is mm-hmm. the new one that started today. Yep. Um, and... Yes, yeah, so the CEO of Swim England, Jane Nickerson, we've That's spoken right. about her before. Yeah, she Fantastic is doing job. a ridiculously amazing job. I'm we glad we follow her on watched. Twitter, and yep. I think it was two days ago, before nine o'clock, she had done nine radio interviews discussing the Save Leisure campaign. This is the main reason why we started the Propulsion Channel was to get the media promotion. Well, and you media know. aren't doing enough, so we no. wanted to promote swimming in Britain through non-traditional outlets as such. That's right. And she's doing a perfect job, in my opinion. We couldn't, couldn't ask for a better... better. Yeah, no, exactly. she, couldn't, she couldn't be doing it better. On the other hand... Yeah, we get the British swimming side. So we, now, we do need both governing bodies to be the same in efforts. Yes. You know? So British swimming are... It's probably not their responsibility to keep pools open. They are the competitive element. They are the elite. Yes. Yeah. So 
What I have a problem with them is they are the ones feeding a lot of the stories to the big media outlets. So Mm. BBC Sports, Sky Sports, all stuff like that. It's their duty to report on swimming and bring stories to BBC because BBC reporters aren't traditionally going to follow swimming. No. It's just how it is. So a previous podcast guest, Hector Mm -hmm. Pardo, who came on, what was it, last week at the Italian International Championships. Yes, yeah. FINA FINA Championships in Italy. Mm -hmm. He finished fourth behind Paltrionari, which is no disrespect at all. That's incredible. That's a huge achievement. If if you look at the ages as well, he's the youngest there by four or five years as well. So what bugs me, that's not on BBC Sport. Why the hell isn't it? No, I know. I can't understand it for the life of me. That's a massive achievement in a time when there is no racing. So so there's no other swimming competitions going on right now. And BBC Sport's got nothing to report on swimming. So why on earth isn't this been pumped to them and be like, look, pump this guy up. He's going to be at the Olympics. He's going to be... This was one of the biggest achievements in open water swimming for quite a Since David couple Davis. of years. David Davis. Mary Kerry Payne. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like that's British swimming's responsibility. That is their job. Yep. To promote swimming at to the, the traditional, end, at the elite level. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they could be doing a hell of a lot more. Whereas Swim England, I can't speak highly enough of them. They no, but really they they're doing the job for the, the ones below yeah. the elite and the, and the pools and the mass participation, which is yeah. ultimately what keeps swimming going. Really. Exactly. But British swimming needs to, I don't know, up their game. You know. Yeah, stand out a little bit more. But then again, this is why we created the podcast to celebrate people like Hector and give them, give them promotion, publicity, yes, coverage. Because the whole idea of doing damn deserve it. Yes, absolutely. It's the thing that's really it. It always gets on my nerves. How can Hector's achievement go completely brush under the carpet? You can't. Should be it should be celebrated. Um, So before I get too angry about traditional media, (laughs) let's move on to. How the open pools, or the pools that are open in this country, how are they being run right now and what are our experiences of them? Mm. So, as many listeners or regular listeners will be aware, Dan works at a swimming pool. Yep. So he can run through with us kind of the procedures that are in place at his pool. Yes, much most of the pools are much the same because of obviously the Swimming England guidance. And um, everything now has to be a one-way system like it was in like supermarkets and stuff like that you have to go down one way down the aisles very much the same with the uh, with the pools the fire exits are now being used more for more entrance and exit points and ventilation and ventilation of course yes um yes we it's, it's very difficult but it's just the way the new normal i think extra cleanings now being done obviously on every between every session every door handle every locker has to be wiped down every peg every stool you know yeah you have this very special 1000 pound disinfectant gun don't yes you? very handy oh yeah you can literally clean the change rooms in like 2 minutes yeah, it just sprays all sorts of disinfectant all over the walls yep. cleans it all down so it's all safe for everyone to use now i've been swimming at dance pool while he's been working mm-hmm. because i want to support local leisure Yes, this is, this is my pool that I swim at. And from my experience, the because there's not so many pools open, Brockworth Pool is actually busier than it's ever been. So before lockdown, in my session on a Thursday evening, there would have been six people. Yeah, it wasn't, maybe? It wasn't double figures. Exactly. It, it wasn't, it never it wasn't the most popular pool. But because where we are in Gloucestershire, there's five pools open. 
Yeah, I mean, actually, I don't know. I haven't, done, I haven't done the research for that, but it's not many. Yeah. Let's so now way. people are coming all the way far and wide to Brockworth Pool. And it's they're actually, because they've managed to get their procedures in place, yep. because they've got school funding, yep. they're, they're almost thriving a bit here. Well, what we did over the lockdown, our manager set up a new website. And obviously, the way to get in into swimming pools now you have to book online it's 24 hours in advance as well and yep yep so so they need to know how many numbers they have in the pool yeah so we were almost like a step ahead if that makes sense and the reason why like i don't know how many pools are open like we said but they know brockworth is open because we've put shared posts and all that sort of Mm. stuff on social media and they know it's open and they know the website is quite simple to just book on and uh, yeah yeah so the pools that are open there is a massive demand to go swimming right now Yes, there so is, yeah. clubs are clubs aren't actually allowed at your pool just yet. Starting next week, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's just the regular club. You haven't got any new ones coming in to use. There's it? no new ones. No, no. It's just the regular ones at the moment. But of course, that, because we're on a school campus, we're pretty much waiting for pupils to come back in, settle them down, and then Kick I think give again. or take, it's like the 14th of September is when we're trying to go back to complete normality. Mm. But we'll see. I mean. News changes every week, it seems, at the moment. Yeah, it does. Schools are going to have to have face masks soon. Yep. So I don't know whether that's going to have any effect on a swimming pool that's on a school campus. Well, we've just started all the swimming lessons, and it's a different it's a different ball game, different type of style okay. of teaching. Obviously, you've got to keep the two-meter distance rules, um, the, one, the one-way system, like I was saying earlier. Um, reduced hours, reduced numbers. So it's it's all completely different. Mm. So I'm yeah, always teaching it, myself again. That yeah, makes sense. as a swimmer going to these lane sessions, it is it's a different experience because. Yeah. Well, one of the differences is that you've got to swim clockwise in every single lane. Yeah, and as people, swimmers, for it some was reason, always clockwise, anti-clockwise. Some people in the slow lane just don't know what that means. <laughs> it's slightly <laughs> frustrating when you're there going clockwise and the lifeguard's just standing there not really doing much or telling them to move round. But they're just doing their regular up and down and you're just like, oh, come on, guys. It's general lane etiquette. It's, it just yeah, needs it's, to be pumped into people, doesn't it, sometimes? Yeah, it's people who want to swim who are usually in slower lanes and then I'm in this one fast lane. Because yep. you know I'm rapid. Of course. <laughs> um, Over two lengths, but that's it. Or one length now. One length now, yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's, it just, people need to learn about giving people space around the lanes. And it's something to, I think the the more inexperienced lane swimmers now need to be a bit more aware of. Because lane swimming is, it's a lot more structured towards looking like a club session than it ever had been before. Public swims were very kind of do what you want. Yeah, I mean, especially in the slow lane, in, at the pool I'm at the moment, we have a double width uh, slow lane. Mm. So they can almost, still going clockwise, but there's more space for them yeah. to, to, not supposed to overtake, but there is actually enough space to do it. I think it's just, um, it's a transition period for those who are going swimming. It's yes, kind it of is, educational yeah. for those, especially those who hadn't been in club swimming, basically. Yes. Yeah. Because effectively you're trying to get a public swimming session to be a club swimming session because they're very organised and it's just tough. It's a learning curve for everyone. I mean, it's not easy for anyone at the moment, but we have to follow procedures, otherwise we wouldn't be able to open. Yeah, And we've so, got to try and keep fitness going somehow. I'm very grateful for the pool being open because I love being back in the water. Suddenly, four months out of the water, and I'm training, what, two, three times a week? Dan More can't believe it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> writing sessions for myself, doing aerobic sets as a sprinter. I'm just like, wow, what's yeah. happened to you? Well, me? you've done some of our drills, so... Uh, I've done lots of drills because... Yeah. When I first got in the water, I realized I was doing 15 strokes of length and going nowhere. 
slipping water. Yeah. I did notice that actually. Yeah. So I have spent probably about three weeks now working. So on our YouTube channel, we have a progression of freestyle drills working on the catch phase of swimming or the high elbow. It will be the catch phase eventually, but at the moment yeah. we've been doing rotational drills, really. Yeah. yeah, so I've been working my way through these catch phase drills mm. just to make sure my underwater pull is correct. And yep. I'm coming out of the pool with my triceps basically numb yeah. because I've never worked so hard on actually perfecting my technique. After four months out of the water, I have no choice but to work on technique. It's the only thing... I can really. I, it's been do a, right it's now. been a huge shock because obviously I swam. We did. You put that video up, didn't you, of uh, the GoPro on on my mm. chest? Yeah, to your get first the, session the back. And uh, I was much the same. I was uh, my stroke rate's a little bit less than yours, but I was hitting thirteen when normally it's around about eleven. And uh, yeah, just slipping water. Just it's, um, you just lose the feel. I'm very much a feel swimmer, mm. and you lose it, and you got to build it back up. And that, the best way to do that is by doing drills and technique work. Yeah. So you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I, well. It's just a learning curve for me as well. Just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. So with pools and swimming changing over the last four months, something for those who have followed our YouTube channel, they might have noticed that we've kind of had to transition we've the videos to, that we've put up. We've had to adapt, definitely. And it's, I know me personally, as the main creator, <laughs> I want to address that for everyone who's listening or watching our YouTube channel. Yep. So... Initially, our channel was tutorials and teaching people how to swim and discussing topics on the podcast like common mistakes of freestyle. Yep. But because of COVID and pools closing, we've had to transition away from that and our channel has become much broader. Yes. Well, of course, we did lots of dry sides exercises. That was our first branch out. And then very recently, if you want to tell everyone our, our latest. Yes. Yeah, so our latest venture is we're doing product reviews. Yep. And basically bringing you the best and most innovative products in the market of swimming. So, I mean, COVID lockdown has been tough for our YouTube channel. I'm not going to lie, because nobody's searching how to swim. No, that's why we had to stop the tutorials, because it just wasn't getting any traction. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't viable to post them. No one no, paid no views, no, no one was searching for it, exactly. obviously. Yep. So... It's been a blessing in disguise in the fact that we've now opened more avenues for ourselves and for you as viewers, you are going to see over the next, what, five or six months? We've got videos lined up till Christmas now. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. You're going to see a massive variety of pure swimming. That's that's what propulsion swimming is now. Swimming. Yep. Well, we did, like we did a video, didn't we, on um, wild swimming, open water swimming. So that was another branch. So we don't just want to do pool swimming and helping you improve your technique but we want to help you prevent um after drop for example that was one of our things to stop you getting hypothermia yeah that was actually a really fun video to do yeah it was wasn't it so loads of different ideas we've got lined up for you guys so really excited about it yeah so if you like the sounds of this and you haven't subscribed yet to the propulsion swimming channel why don't you head over onto our youtube channel or if you're listening to this on youtube just click that subscribe button and you will see all this amazing content we have lined up because there's a lot of it. There is. Well, we've got loads of playlists. I think we started off with five playlists and now we've we've planned, I think, last I looked, like 12, 12 yeah. playlists. It's growing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I think that just about rounds up this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. Thank you for listening to us ramble on about the state of British swimming, what we think of pools, 
But we hope you join us in celebrating achievements and promoting swimming as in general. Yeah. I mean, the podcast, we have some amazing guest lines out. I'm not going to give them away. No spoilers, no. No spoilers, no. But they're, it's really interesting. Big names, really interesting. Lots of charity stuff. We want to continue doing that because can't push that enough. Yeah. So I've been Scott. He's been Dan. And I will see you in seven days. And we'll catch you on the next one.